0: Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. So glad you're with us. Um, You can always go to goodlifetelevision.org to check out previous interviews. There's a lot of great interviews, a lot of great stories, uh, a lot of hope, um, and hopefully a lot of encouragement. Uh, The the purpose of Good Life TV is really to to inspire, to to encourage, to empower, to honor, sometimes to educate, which is kind of what we're doing today. but we hope to be kind of a light in the darkness. And we're so glad you're, you're with us here. Goodlifetelevision.org. And Goodlifetelevision.org is, is uh, sponsored by the Turner Foundation uh, here in California. Uh, The Turner Foundation has a partnership uh, with these gentlemen, Douglas and Spencer Doman. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, The Turner Foundation partners with their organization, Doman International, D-O-M-A-N, international.org is their website. They help special needs children uh, and the families of special needs children. um, And they help them with a roadmap on how they can best help the child uh, be the best they can be develop thrive uh you know move forward they 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 give them the plan they help them and they've helped our family who has a special needs child over over 17 years so we go we go way back Um, on this show i want to specifically we want to specifically talk about down syndrome Um, i guess the name is trisomy 21 that some people use but i think most people know it as down syndrome but some of the statistics we saw that, you know, uh, one in 700 babies born in the US are born with Down syndrome every year. Um, between one in a thousand, uh, around one in a thousand worldwide, uh, Down syndrome every year. And you know, we, we know that um, a lot of Down syndrome children, you know, just to tell the truth, are aborted in the womb. And, um, and so what we want to talk about is Down syndrome uh, in terms of these children, how you help them, and the genius, the potential mm-hmm. that exists uh, with so many of these kids. But talk a little bit about kind of your experience, it's a success story, kind of a, you know the road you've traveled with parents with a Down syndrome child.
1: Well, if we go into the history of it, and now we go back um, to the 1950s and the 1960s. Uh, When my father began his work and um, their objective being that all special needs children should have the opportunity to become totally well as an objective, which was considered wild and radical then and is still considered to be the same. But now, after 30,000 families around the world um, and uh, 60 years of experience um, and having graduated many children to wellness, we know, of course, that it's a reality. Well, um, my father taught that, and this is the true for the great majority of brain injury, that the the brain develops in the womb well um, and something happens it can happen in the womb it can happen in the process of being born it can be after birth where a child gets a disease that actually injures the brain or a traumatic injury a child walks across the street and gets hit by a car Um, in all of these cases it all started with a good brain that got injured and even my father fell into the trap um, well there are these um, children where the quality of their brain right from the get-go isn't you know good enough and um, when families came to us and we diagnosed them as being brain injured and then began them on a program of brain growth and development that didn't include the down syndrome children who were considered that right from the time of conception the quality of their brains was not normal well my father was wrong in that regard um, because yes there is a genetic difference in the brain but otherwise um, the brains of down syndrome children are very much like everybody else's and so um, My father, after uh, being given a a hard time, even by members of his own medical staff, decided, you know, why not give these children a chance and see what happens. Clearly they have a neurological problem. Clearly that's in the brain. And so back in the 1960s, we began to treat these children and we were shocked by how well and quickly they developed. And we realized (laughs) that we were wrong, um, that uh, despite the genetic problem these children have, they had great potential. And then we began to graduate these children to wellness. And, you know, now the list is long. I mean, the first kid that comes to mind, um, a child from Italy, uh, Francesco, when we met him as a three-year-old, was diagnosed as being uh, moderately or severely brain injured. Um, Francesco followed our program. He was an early reader.
2: And uh, Francesco had Down syndrome. Right, of yeah, course, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, by the time he was six, uh, parents said he's ready to go to school. And, you know, we're very conservative about the children we graduate. We want to say this kid is well, he's always gonna be well and so we don't want to let a kid go unless we feel a hundred percent the parents said no he's ready and um, they stopped the program and put him into school and he did well in elementary school uh, and he did very well in uh, middle school and uh, high school And he did very well in college. And then he went to graduate school and got his degree in economics. Now, I don't know about you, Dean, but I would never have dared to take a course in economics unless I was forced
0: to.
1: (laughs) And so, um, you know, Francesco, uh, of course, uh, has a job. Now he uh, takes time to take care of his grandchildren. Um, He's, I think, a part of a rowing team. You know, a wonderful young man and a success. Uh, And of course, we've seen that story, not kids always going to graduate school, um, but we have kids, of course, that have gone to college. I think we've had one um, Down syndrome girl in Brazil who also has gone to graduate school. And of course, families, children that have gotten married, families run businesses. Um, They have incredible potential, these children.
0: Down syndrome, it it doesn't affect mobility as much, does it? That kind of a brain injury?
2: It it depends on the child, because even with a single genetic diagnosis like Down syndrome, there's actually a a great amount of variability uh, amongst the kids who have it. Some have, you know, much more considerable neurological issues than others. So some might have mild speech and learning difficulties, and some might have very severe mobility and and speech problems. And so it it completely depends on on the child. But all all of them can, can benefit with the program. And, you know, one of the worst things about getting a genetic diagnosis like Down syndrome for parents is that Very often, like in the example of Down syndrome, parents are often told very soon after birth, or sometimes even before birth, with uh, amniocentesis test. But the problem is not not just the diagnosis, but the advice that parents are given along with it. Right. So very often they'll be told, "Your child has Down syndrome. Uh, Your child will never live a normal life. Your child will never be successful in school. Uh, So you know, just kind of prepare your child for a life of." You know, uh, you know, not not being able to go very far, and and the the, the issue with that is, first of all, uh, those parents aren't being given any kind of solutions, which is what we try to do with the Doman method. But another part of the problem is that because parents are being given a ceiling, right, to their child, they're basically being told your child will never a achieve this, ceiling. a false ceiling, exactly. right? If, uh, the, I like that. I'm going to use that from yes, now on. False. A false ceiling. Uh, the the issue is that parents, um, you know. It, Imagine for a second, if we were going to do something truly evil, right? And uh, a parent had a gave gave birth to a child who was completely healthy, but we told that parent, you know, your child is going to have lifelong intellectual and academic problems. Don't bother, you know, trying to, you know, your kid will never succeed in school. Don't stimulate them. Don't, you know, what, uh, what's the point? Uh, the parents are going to interact with that child in a completely different way. The right. adults are going to inter- interact with them in right. a completely different way. And that is going to put a false ceiling on that child. Right. And is, that's very destructive.
1: And I'll, I'll give you a real life example of the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in university, I was in a, uh, a program in Colombia in South America, and I went to uh, visit the, the people of the Choco. These people live um, on the Pacific side of Colombia, um, and many um, originally came from Africa, uh, and then uh, got into that part of Colombia to have a society where they could be free and and not be enslaved. And now this has gone, you know, for generations. So I visited these people, and I saw the first African American Down syndrome child that I'd ever seen and um uh, you know i i recognized the child by the features that the child had and in this um, native society they just considered him like the other kids you know he looked a little different but that's it you're a kid you do all the things you're you're supposed to do so here in this not um, uh, modern uh, industrialized society this child had been given much more opportunity just like an average child, and of course, the child developed because that was expected of him. Isn't
0: that just amazing?
1: It's the labels so kill. The labels yes. kill, and
0: you know it's. I mean, I, I'm not going to get too spiritual on you, but I will pass an offering plate at the end of this. <laughs> um, but you know, it's there's something about naming. You know, yes. if that doctor does the amniocentesis and comes to the parent and says, you know, we have a wonderful child made in the image of God with unlimited potential, and he happens to have this little Down syndrome deal, then they're probably not gonna abort.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you know, it's a different way of thinking about, I mean, these the, the, when we talk about the unlimited potential, they're, I mean, it, it, they're made in the image of God just like all the rest of us, with gifts and a purpose, yes. you know? I mean, our daughter, who had two thirds of her brain wiped out with a stroke, has changed our life, transformed our family,
2: yeah.
0: changed everything. Um, and uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm, it was, it's been hard. I mean, there's you guys know yes. you made it hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been hard, but it's been it's transformative. But it's almost like the the, the labels, the the way we see these kids is so um, impactful for how they actually end up, it's almost like you, you walk into what you're called, you know, if, if, if you say that yes. I'm never going to, then I'm going to walk into that. If you call up, I mean, you know, Jesus called this one disciple of his the rock, who was the most unstable guy on the, in the group. And guess what? That was the, the church was built on him. He became that, Yeah. you know? And so I just think how we talk about it's so important those labels Absolutely.
2: and you know so in in the online domain method course it in one of my lectures to the parents I say to them you know you're the the program you're about to embark on with your child you are entering the most meaningful years of your entire life yes they may not be the easiest right. but they are they will be the most meaningful years and I think that Parents, uh, they understand that. They know that in their heart, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think the way that that we just the way we talk about special needs. If if the world just stopped talking about these kids, uh, like uh, they've got. You know, my grandfather used to say, "You know, this is a this is a child with a brain injury. This isn't a brain injury who happens to be a child. Right. Like, let's look at the person within." Yeah. Uh, and for for me, and I think my my dad will probably agree with this. Since we we grew up in this environment, surrounded by kids with special needs, right? My parents, my grandparents worked in this clinic. I was there as a kid. I I, I tell parents this, and I, I think it might, maybe it even makes me sound cold, but I, I can honestly say I've never met a child with special needs that I felt sorry for. Like I never felt sorry for them because I grew up around them. They were like brothers and sisters, but I've met many kids with special needs that I deeply respect and respect is a very different attitude than pity. Yes. And so I think that Many people feel pity toward kids with special needs. It's like, oh, I feel I feel sorry for that individual. But the the truth is that feeling sorry for someone, you know, that alone is not going to uplift them. Right. But respecting someone truly for who they are, mm-hmm. that's a much more uplifting, I think. Who they are and who they could be. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know, so much has to do with viewpoint, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, there are 80% less Down syndrome children born in the United States today as there were 20 years ago. And uh, obviously every parent has to make their decision, but when you see uh, a child that comes to us, um, you know, not able to move um, at 12 months of age, and that same child at the age of three is walking, and reading children's books independently, (laughs) which you can see on our YouTube channel, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So
1: this is, we're not making this up, and it's common, if we can get a Down syndrome child as a baby, 12 months, 14 months, 18 months, we can often get that child reading independently, which is a function of the cortex, the highest part of the brain, the part of the brain, responsible for human intelligence, by the age of three, Um, where they're doing things that average six-year-olds can't do if anything proves the intelligence of these children and to not give them that opportunity is amazing now the advantage that they have which is you know this current society turned upside down is they can be diagnosed while they're in in utero uh, and we have mothers and these mothers are super angels in my opinion who have known that their child was a down syndrome child um, and they have taken our online course are fully prepared with a physical cognitive nutritional and respiratory program when the child is born right from the first day of life the get-go and that's just beautiful
0: oh it's amazing
2: yeah, and so the youngest child on our program to ever receive a writing victory. So it means that she started writing completely independently. Um, she's four years old. So the average kid usually learns to write at school at six, but this girl was writing independently at four, and she had Down syndrome. So it's, you know it's very typical for our kids to to read in multiple languages. Uh, again, people if they go to our Facebook page, you know they can. Uh, or a YouTube page that can watch you know videos of our kids doing these things and it's just a, f- a funny little story. So uh, a family was telling me that you know they have a child with Down syndrome who's been on our program and you know reads at you know age four and and you know does all kinds of amazing things. And apparently the family across the street they have a tiny you know kid like five or six years old and uh, they said you know, the family across the street, the parents asked the child, uh, oh, you know, the girl across the street, she has Down syndrome. Do you know what Down syndrome is? And, uh, you know, the five-year-old girl said, oh, yeah, Down syndrome means you can read when you're really young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she had just made the assumption, oh, she reads when she's young. They say she
2: has Down syndrome. That's what
1: Down syndrome is, you know. So that's... That's a great dream, you know, to have out there that five, ten years down the line, that's what known, that Down syndrome kids are, kids that are known to read really young.
0: Yeah, you know, so when we came to see you 17 years ago, we started this road, our daughter, <clears throat> had a stroke in the womb as I mentioned and we came and one of the things you taught us was about languages okay so we have this cerebral palsy but stroke victim who <clears throat> you know wasn't developing and all these issues and, but the last thing on my mind was a second language like we, we had some bigger fish to fry the, but we, learnt, we we took it to heart and we implemented it and so, and then we had a, we had a person who helped us with this treatment program named Carla. She's watching most wonderful person ever. And, and we just told her just talk Spanish to El Claire okay. and she's, Ella Claire's fluent and Spanish is the highlight of her life. Mm. The Spanish language, mm. like this is what she loves the most is Spanish. She does we pay hundred and ninety nine dollars a month and she has unlimited video classes with teachers in South America doing Spanish. Mm. And she's brilliant and her accent's perfect. And it's given her this thing, I mean that story reminded me of this. It's not Ella Claire she's we call her the maestra. <laughs> you know? And 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 I think that you guys just opened the 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 door, I guess, for us and thousands of other parents to know what's possible.
2: Yeah. And the, just taking that example alone, you know, many parents are told, don't speak to your children in multiple mm-hmm. languages. Don't talk to your kids in multiple languages because it will confuse your child. you know. And kids, with, parents of kids with special needs are told that even more, you know, than, than uh, parents of, of well kids. But um, that, that's, terrible advice. There's no scientific evidence to support that, you know, speaking to kids in multiple languages is problematic. In fact, any study that's ever been done shows that bilingualism, multilingualism is a great, great thing, uh, you know, in terms of academic performance and understanding. And so sometimes there are these, it just goes back to the whole conversation about myths that exist, really keeping kids with special needs in their, you know, kind of keeping them in a very bad place. When, and once we can dispel these myths, then uh, right. we realize they're capable of so
1: much more. That's amazing. I think you kids um, told me this joke. So what does bilingual mean?
0: Speaks two languages.
1: Two languages, okay. What does trilingual mean? Three languages. Um, and so uh, what does um, monolingual mean? One language. And my kids would say, no, American. <laughs> <You know? laughs> good. Very good. And um, and so, you know, of course, you know, we're an international organization, so we have families all over the world, and uh, we have a center in India. And it's expected in Indian society, as it has been for thousands of years, you're expected to speak two, three, four languages. I mean, it's...
2: It's not exceptional. That's normal. That's normal. Yeah. If you only spoke one language, you know, know, people would think there's something wrong with you, you know. And like the Swiss, you know, everybody
1: thinks what's different about the Swiss, you know, they speak two, three, four languages.
2: Wow.
1: And we all could if we were given the opportunity. And the more languages you speak, the easier it is to pick up a third, fourth um, or more language. And for
2: kids with language difficulties, uh, learning multiple languages gives them more ways that they can communicate with the people around them, which, uh, so, it, because if, you, if you're limited to one language, uh, things can be more difficult, but if you, uh, for example, if you speak just, if you can speak English and Spanish, you now have two languages to choose from, right? So, and, and it might be easier to say a specific word in English than the translation in Spanish. So, it, yeah. it gives you more options, and yeah. giving more options in life is, is a good thing.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to generalize or stereotype or uh, I want to be careful with that. But I have to tell you, some of the Down syndrome kids that I've met are the most, Donna's nodding over there, brilliant, I mean, joy, The yeah. just the beauty yeah. you know and and, and and in some cases like the simplicity no filter you know <laughs> just <laughs> and it's, it's so refreshing like it and I just think you know if, if, if you're entrusted with a child of God who who you know has made the image of God who happens to have this Down syndrome diagnosis you know there's a reason and it could be life-changing and you can change the child's life by giving them the best shot, and that child's gonna change your life. (laughs) I mean, it's, and that's one of the things that has happened to us, and I wanna say, because I didn't hear that message when we took home our newborn special needs child. It was like, you know, this was bad, bad, you know. there's nobody saying this is gonna change your life. This might be one of the best things that's ever happened to you. Now, I'd probably thought they were crazy, but uh, it had been a good message to hear. This is true. And beautiful. And beautiful. Thank you guys. Awesome. See you next time. What a great way to close. <laughs>